Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. Here's Pastor Ryan. And the suffering Messiah, it says concerning Jesus that he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. There's no beauty that we should desire him. Comeliness is a word I don't think any of us use, except for when we're reading our Bibles. So the word comeliness, according to the dictionary, Webster's 1828, it says, uh, Properly, it means properly becoming suitable, hence handsome and graceful. Properly becoming suitable, hence handsome and graceful. What does it say? That Jesus was not that. He was not suitably handsome. He was not suitably graceful in his appearance. I know it kind of changes our movies about the Lord when the actors look fantastic. I mean, it's like, yeah, there goes Jesus. Obviously, it has to be him. That's just not the way it was biblically. So that when he spoke, it blew people's minds. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? God God even made it that he's in a town where nobody believes anything good can come out of. Right? Banning. You know what I mean? I'm from South Almani. I just go. Jesus, when he preached in the temple, according to Mark chapter 12, it said that the common people heard him gladly. Common. Simplicity of the gospel. I mean, we planted this church by the grace of God, my wife and I. You know how many times I've been tempted to do things just because other churches do them because that's what the format looks like we should do and I learned early that the Lord said you know what Ryan until you throw that in the trash I'm not going to bless you the church because I'm not you're not here being another church you are new different I called you from El South Almani to come here to do this and I have my own plans and my own ideas of what churchy things you should do. And, but you know, like we don't, you know, our menu isn't big here. We don't have a bunch of things going on all the time because we, we, we grow with the need so that those who serve and volunteer here don't get burnt out. And I try not to be pressured by people who say, we should do this, we should do that, we should do this. And then they don't do any of that. And they leave it for the pastor, pastor's wife to do it all. We just, we are on God's timing, on God's program, and it doesn't matter what other churches are doing. You know, and again, to him, it's like, what's important is the message of the cross. That the Son of God came into the world to die for sinners like you and I. That is what's important. And that by our faith in him, we shall have eternal life and have all of our sins washed away. 
And as you rose from the grave on the third day, so do we in righteousness and a new life. That's as production as we want to get. And Genesis to Revelation, we go through the whole Bible, we're Calvary Chapel. But within that, I've learned in 20-some years of, of preaching, I need to make a beeline to the cross. No matter where I'm at, no matter what chapter we're at, it's the cross. It's the cross. It's the cross. He said to them, I was with you in verse three, in weakness and fear and in much trembling. Now, I was with you in fear or in weakness, in fear and in much trembling. I mean, that doesn't seem like an awesome uh, uh, job as an apostle to be one that would go in uh, fear and in weakness and in trembling. They should teach that in seminary. I don't know. I've never been to seminary. I'm still in it. This is seminary. I'm an intern for life. <laughs> because I wish somebody told me it would be like this. Weakness, fear, trembling. I don't want to be a polished preacher. That doesn't mean I don't study or we don't need to study. Bible says we are to study, to show ourselves approved, workmen that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We should seek the wisdom of God daily. Wisdom cries out daily. We are to seek the wisdom of God. But if we're truly seeking the wisdom of God, we're going to be humble. We're going to be meek from it. We're not going to think we're anybody. And if we're truly being affected by the wisdom that comes from heaven, we're going to be doers of the word, not just hearers. God doesn't want a bunch of readers. He wants those who read and do. Read and do. But this uh, weakness and this fear and this much trembling, I can totally attest it's true. I mean, I don't think... God didn't call me to, to do this or ministers to, to preach before people because we were like great orders or that we, you know, just love talking in front of people. He called us because of his grace. I cannot explain to you. It's an honor and a privilege to do so, but it's God through the minister. It's not me at all. They say one of the top five fears of, of people is speaking before an audience. If I ever get used to it, that's a time to quit because my head has gotten too big. Then not many of you become teachers, the Bible says, because the judgment is stricter. It, it blesses me that Paul went with weakness. I mean, think about it. Like he's going to the capital, one of the capitals of, of where, where knowledge, uh, human knowledge is through the roof. The, the education in Corinth, the education in Athens, and Paul's there. You think the devil didn't say, you're not smart enough, Paul? Who are you to, to preach? 
Yeah, you learned under Gamaliel in Jerusalem and learned everything about the Jewish law. But what is that in comparison to the knowledge in Corinth and the knowledge in Athens? Keep your mouth quiet, Paul. And I think Paul had to fight through those feelings. Say, God called me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It's hilarious when you hear the way some of the ministers you know, talk about how to better their craft and, you know, emphasize this, hit the pulpit, point, don't point, smile, stand up. There's a lot of, and I, it's not that we can't get better, have good posture or something. But at the end of the day, before God, do you really think he's up there saying, Ryan, point less, use less hand gestures, sit up straight, you know, I think God just wants me to pray. And I think God just wants all of us to be those that pray because that's where the power is. Everyone that we respect in the Bible prayed. Our Lord prayed. He would, he would minister. If you, you read the Gospels, he would minister. He would care for people. And then you'd find them going to a secluded place to pray to be rejuvenated, to be strengthened, to spend time with the Father. And that is the key to our Christian faith, that people don't see us, but to see the demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power in our life, no matter what we do in our jobs, at home, in the raising of our kids, in the in the uh, maintenance of our homes, and in our businesses, and in everything that we do, it, it should be a demonstration of the Spirit, not just me here preaching. But it should be our lives should be a demonstration of that power. That power only comes if we spend time with the Lord in prayer. The most famous uh, uh, scripture concerning the Holy Spirit and its power and it not being about our flesh is Zechariah 4.6, which you know it well, I'm sure. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It is by the spirit of God that we're going to be good husbands, good wives, good single people if you're single, good young people if you're young. It's only by the Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit only empowers those who seek God with sincerity, diligently. That's when the power comes. I have seen no other way but to spend time with the Lord. That's my, that's, you know, we have the Bible college over here in, in uh, Yucca. And uh, we get to go and share with the kids sometime. And I always, it's like when I've gone, it's like, what am I going to share with them? I have nothing to say. See, see these hills around you guys? If you spend time in those hills praying to the Lord, it'll all work out. Now, where do I get a burger? Done. 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 Because everyone's looking for for instructions on, on life and godliness. It is found in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. We just have to spend with him and he'll make all of us experts at whatever he's called you to do. He will. In Luke chapter three, verse 21, 
when all of the people were being baptized by John the Baptist, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And it says that while he prayed, the heaven, the heaven was opened. When he got baptized, Jesus was baptized by John the, the Baptist. And as he prayed, the heavens were opened. And you know the story, the Holy Spirit came upon him. When we pray, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us. In Isaiah 30, verse 15, it says, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Be still with the Lord, and it'll change everything. I was, I was uh, speaking to my wife this morning and or last night, and we're talking about worship and, and, and prayer. And, and it was like, you know, I, I want to work on, on, on my songs a little bit more. And I, I, I said, you know, I, the Lord has been speaking to my heart. When I go pray with the Lord, it's not necessarily, Lord, I pray for my sermon to, to, to be effective. I pray for the ministry to be effective. I don't necessarily, I'm not going to spend time with the Lord in prayer necessarily for that first. It's important to God, but that's not why I'm there. I'm there, God, because Ryan needs to be a better person. Ryan needs to be a better Christian. So I'm not hitting you up about the ministry, the church, and what my, my needs is I need to be more like Jesus. And I'm not leaving until you make me more like you. And as we deal with Ryan, then, then I go into, oh, by the way, yeah, on Sunday coming up, can you bless the word? Can you touch the hearts of your people? Can you forgive us as our church, our sins and intercession and supplications and prayers? But, if, but no, you know, so it was like I was telling my wife, like, yeah, the guitar, we'll leave it aside. My sermon, we'll leave it aside. What he's interested in is our heart. Prayer, our heart. Because that's what the Holy Spirit empowers. Not just hitting up God for our problems, but hitting him up for our own heart. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, after Peter and John were arrested for preaching, and 3,000 people came to know Christ in their preaching, they put him in, in jail for the night, and the next day they came before the religious rulers that had uh, crucified our Lord in Acts 4.13. It says that when the rulers saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. Why, if they're uneducated and untrained, would 3,000 people come to know Jesus Christ at their preaching? Why? Because God doesn't need that. Man needs that. Where are your credentials? What was that old movie? <laughs> the Treasure of Sierra Madre? Where's your pass? Yeah, I don't need no stinking badge. <laughs> Where's their training? Here are the religious leaders wanting crowds to come hear them, and they weren't coming. And here's Peter and John, uneducated and untrained. Mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt and uncle, managers, Christians, whatever the calling, 
The answer of how to do it well is spending time with Jesus. He will make you an expert when he just does. And if I could explain it, I just can't. I'm shocked at the changes he makes in us, and I'm shocked at the things we can accomplish. You know, he makes us all look like experts, like I said. I don't know what I'm doing here. It looks like I know what I'm doing. I don't know. I just know Jesus, and I want to know him more. And as we go on, he'll give me what I need for that week. And I guarantee he'll make you and I look like we know what we're doing. Because we do know what we're doing. We are seeking Jesus, and he tells us what to do. But it's prayer. I believe Peter and John prayed in that jail cell all night and just came in and and, and blew their minds. In Acts 4.31, once they were released from jail, they went to that house where the disciples were meeting. And it says in, in, in Acts 4 as well, that as they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Boldness. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And he's an equal opportunity God. It's not like he he loves others more than others. It it depends on who's seeking him. Who's seeking him? John the Baptist grew strong in spirit out in the wilderness. You will grow strong in spirit in your prayer closet. You got to give him time. Because I'm so messed up that he needs a lot of time to make me more like Jesus. And the more baggage of the past that the flesh tries to bring up, and we know we're forgiven and we know the flesh tries to rile that stuff up, that those attitudes. And I know some of us need a little more time. Blessed are you if you get it. And, and it's, you know, we're all different. But we all should be like Jesus. People should see Jesus and the demonstration of the spirit in our life. So he hasn't given us a spirit of timidity. And I, I know I have, to, I have to build myself in Christ up a lot in order to do the ministry. Like I'm a people person, but you know, after if you, you spoke to five, 10 people, you probably like, you know, feel a little tired or whatever. What about if there's five or 10 more people? You, we have to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord to be able to minister, to be able to grow in whatever responsibilities he's giving you. It's not like prayers of last year or five years ago can uphold what God is doing in your life now. We have to evolve with the greater responsibility that he gives us. Like, I'm shocked that Pastor Chuck Smith would preach, you know, three services in the morning, one at night, and after every service would be out there with the line of like 50 people wanting to say hello to him or or get some prayer for him. And he was up there in age, and he kept doing that. How did he, he built, he got built, he learned whatever it took, God showed him what it took 
God will show us what it takes in order for us to uh, to do well. And so we're, we're almost done here. Um, but he said that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And so he puts down the wisdom of this world. That it won't do nothing for your soul. Where there's strife, where there's envy, that's demonic. That's not good. But what we do is speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. He's speaking of the wisdom of God that he speaks to those who are mature. Not the wisdom of this world. It's coming to nothing. And I, 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 I wish we can go back the last three years and the whole of the body of Christ would meditate on these verses here that the wisdom of this age is coming to nothing. Because so many people put so much stock in what the world was telling them about the pandemic. CDC, Dr. Fauci, the government, shutting businesses down, not allowing people to keep their jobs unless they were to take the vaccine, whether they wanted it or not. Think about what took place. And, and mostly all of that the, the information where it was coming from was coming from abortionists, those who were pro the killing of babies, who can't even understand science enough to understand that that is a child in that woman's womb. womb. And yet so many within the body soaked up everything that the government, that the doctors, that the, everybody was telling them. But the Bible tells us that, that that wisdom is coming to an end, which is true. That's why you're here. Because Jesus is coming back to judge this world that is perishing. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, all that is in the world, the Bible says, it's coming to an end. So don't put stock in what the world tells you or the media tells you. What does God say of the matter? And you see all of the, of the, um, the blocking of information, the censorship is out of control. It's in your face. They're walking back all of this information concerning the vaccines now, aren't they? They said, well, you know what? If you, if you take the vaccine, you, you won't spread COVID. And so if you don't take it, then you don't care of your coworkers. And if you don't care of your coworkers, then you can't work here unless you do it. Then they said, oh, boy, you need the booster and then the other booster. And there's just so much that went on. And we're not condemning anybody who has taken it. We're just saying that we live at a time where we need the wisdom of God to be spoken into us and that we're not naive to just believe what the, the world has set up to deceive us. And I'm telling you, they come in, 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 in white lab coats and thesoscopes. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
<laughs> Whatever scopes. They're changing the the they're changing the um the vow that doctors take or whatever. They're changing it. They're just I, everything's identity politics. They're they're separating people by everything. It's so ridiculous. It's crazy. The you know there's the, the love of many is growing cold because of the lack of truth and injustice. And here as a church, we are the standard of truth because we have this book, and we are supposed to be sharing with people. The Bible says, test all things. The Bible says that he sends us out as... as Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.